I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. I want to tell the whole world about a friend of mine. This little light of mine, and I'm fine to let it shine. I'm fine to take y'all back to them better times. I'm fine to talk about my mama if y'all don't mind. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Test Podcast. Your host, Rod and Karen. And we're in the house on a Sunday morning, Mother's Day edition of the show. Yep, yep. Now, for people that have been listening for a long time, they know that uh, we have had several shows where my dad was on them. Every Father's Day, we try to have them on. Uh, it's kind of become a tradition. But this is the first time my mom has been on the show, y'all. Yeah, what took so long? Um, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, you, you always be doing motherly stuff, taking care of Layla, all kinds of stuff. But, um, we got people that submitted questions for you, um, and, uh, a bunch of stuff like that. So, uh, you know, we'll get into that. Of course, you guys listen to the Black Out Tips podcast, uh, comedy podcast we do five times a week. And, uh, the motto of the show is nothing's wrong if it's funny. Yep. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> Karen, you're frozen on my screen. Um, I don't know if, if everybody else is having issues, but is anybody else, is she frozen on anybody else's screen? Anyway. Oh, snap. I, I'll go out and come back in. Okay. It might just be me. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, they say you good. Oh, and okay. But yeah, so <laughs> just, um, check out, uh, theblackouttest.com and you can leave, uh, all types of, uh, voicemails and emails and stuff like that by going to our about section. You can also vote in the polls. We have a poll after every single episode and you can leave comments on each episode. You can subscribe to the show from there. You can vote. Uh, in the polls and you can um you can also uh do stuff like donate to the show do recurring donations we appreciate all of it um and uh everybody that does that it helps the show keep going forward and uh it keeps uh keep us doing uh doing more stuff man paying for more stuff um so uh let's go ahead and give some props to uh, oh wait the official weapon of the show is the taser an unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme yes sir that's right and um i gotta give uh props to our sponsor shadow doll productions if you go to shadowdollproductions.com you can find all types of audio plays dvds downloadable movies um stuff like that uh for very reasonable prices uh many of them featuring us karen and rod mm-hmm. keep us being the number one seller on their um on their site like a boss yes keep mm-hmm. keep, keep ordering y'all because it helps us uh make money and uh and it helps them make money and uh most of the things there are so reasonably priced you can you can go to shadow dog productions with five dollars and come out with like five six seven eight different audio plays i'm yes, not joking you, yeah you really can so uh make sure you guys do that and if you want to hear karen cuss me out um <laughs> if you want to hear uh me uh get fired from a job before i got fired from my job in real life yes how did you know dexter how did you know you can uh you can go listen to those uh audio plays and uh enjoy yourself man because uh he, he's really good and uh they're really funny man um first things first i want to wish a happy mother's day to all the real fathers who raise their kids by themselves because a lot of these black women don't take care of their responsibilities. Who is you, Twitter? And if you are old fake ass mom, don't be coming up to me talking about Happy Mother's Day. I don't know. I don't see you with your kids. I don't, your kids are your responsibility and you don't come around on they, only on their birthdays and stuff like that. And now you want to try to be a mom? I don't want to hear it. So only real moms. 
uh get happy mother's day from me <laughs> um all right now <clears throat> we have questions that people submitted from my mom and <clears throat> i have a couple random thoughts um first one is uh karen stole my crackers and cheese um <laughs> you didn't tell me <laughs> i i watch scandal every thursday uh it's about carrie washington as olivia pope who's a black woman mover and shaker mm-hmm. um of the uh, uh of the political scene she's she's a fixer that's what she does she people call her when they have problems and carrie washington says i, I got this and then she like goes and tells a couple people off has an affair with the president and then solves it all by 11 p.m. at night. And uh, it's become my tradition now every Thursday. Um, I'm sitting down in front of the TV at 10 o'clock. I got my wine mm-hmm. and uh, my straw. And uh, I decided to uh, to up it a little bit more and get some crackers and cheese because the season finale is next week. Mm-hmm. So I went and got some nice, like I spent some good money on this crackers and cheese. You sure <laughs> did. It was delicious. The cheese was on sale. It was normally like $10. I was like, white people are crazy. Um, <laughs> and then I got the crackers and the crackers was on sale. There was like uh, two. Yeah, you got them good crackers. Yeah, it's, it normally was like one for eight, but they was half off. So I got like $8 crackers. <laughs> so I, I had like $20 of cheese and crackers, man. And Karen came home, and this is the part that was that was messed up. She came home and saw the crackers and was clowning me. Like, oh, you got some crackers? Oh, you, I guess you got some cheese, too. <laughs> and I and I said, uh, yeah, I do got some cheese. And she thought I was joking. And then later she looked in the fridge and saw the cheese. And then she opened up the crackers and cheese and ate them after picking on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sure did. And they are delicious. There's still some in there. But you know what? If you would have told me that you had purchased this for your scandal Thursday night, I wouldn't touch them. But you didn't tell me that. So I thought he bought it. He must want to eat it. It's a free-for-all. So I've been slicing it up and eating them crackers. Well, you were uh, ridiculing me for even having them. So I never expected you would eat them. <laughs> <laughs> I like you, were, you were making jokes about me for having crackers and cheese and then you went and ate all the crackers and cheese i did we can we can purchase some more try to give me a little bit every once in a while like we sharing it but really <laughs> she eating all the crackers and cheese i had like two crackers and a piece of cheese so far and she gave me like half a cracker and half a piece of cheese it's not even a whole cracker and cheese because i'm because that's how i eat it. i break it off i don't mm-hmm. like put like a whole square across my cheese i like break a little piece put a little bit of cheese break a little piece put a little bit of cheese because if i know i slice it like uh like you slice for a sandwich i had a cracker cheese going in no time so i had a plan for all of that too i had a I, I was gonna take a picture with the wine and the straw and the cheese on thursday night before uh scandal asked where my gladiators were at and, oh, well, um, you, you still can. You still can. Well, now it's going to be like half a cracker and a pe- little piece of cheese and nothing left. I, I'll go buy you some more cheese and crackers, sir. All right. All right. Um, So that was one thing. Another thing, we went to this restaurant yesterday called a kickstand. Mm-hmm. It was our second time going. It was good. That's a really good burgers there. Um, Real low-key spot, but it's a nice place to watch a, a basketball game. It is. Stuff like that. Um, And the food is good. Karen had like a shrimp burger. <gasps> Yeah, I've never had it before. Ronnie had told me about it, so I thought I tried this time. It was really good. Yeah. Um and uh it was cool. Um the 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 and the thing I realized though when we were walking in, there were some white people just sitting outside like talking on the patio cuz it's a nice day outside and the white people had dogs and they weren't on the leash. They were just sitting there on the ground. 
and i and i I didn't even feel threatened like really Mm -mm. did you notice it karen no and one thing i can say that i apply white people for they go they pay the money for obedience school because them dolls are not i just trust nine times out of ten them dogs just not going to move like like if they bring a dog out in public like that that dog has been trained not to flinch or not to move or not to be distracted by like people um so no i, I didn't have no fear okay uh mom when you see pe- white people with their dogs off the leash do you uh get worried yes i do because mm-hmm. they're not human and they always say he's not gonna bite you well i don't know that right they're not with the correction he's not gonna bite you the person that feeds him <laughs> you know that nigga don't know me that's true that, like, i'm, now, I'm now just meeting true. this dog now now, now oh, because we was in a, a public setting i'm fine but yeah if we like out walking and things like that I, I don't trust your dog because odds are a lot of times those people like the lady walking with a 200 pound dog cause she's like 125 pounds he about to take her down running towards me he ain't gonna bite he dragging you he's yeah. dragging you ma'am yeah so um i i think that um i i think i i, I realized something the other day uh and it's kind of racist but i feel the complete opposite about black people with their dogs off a leash like if i went to a restaurant and black people didn't have dogs on a leash i would think it's a dangerous restaurant turn around and go back home but whenever i'm in a situation where white people don't have dogs on the leash i'm like it must be really safe White people don't even have fucking leashes for their dogs. And I don't know why that is. Cause I, if, like, if that would have been like, uh, a black, like, I remember I went to my brother's old apartment one time and it was a black dude walking two pit bulls and he ain't have no leash. And I was like, the fuck is going on over here? I'm, I'm glad I'm helping you move. Like, I'm glad that's the reason I'm here is to get you out of here. Cause this is a, not a safe place for people to be at, man. Yeah. And, uh, and us, uh, most black folks ain't gonna spend the, the hundred to $150 to get their dogs trained, trained. Their way of training the dog is just popping it in the face, going, no, sit down, shut up. Yeah. I've it's seen, not human. Yeah. I saw my uncle Butch train his dog and <laughs> it didn't look like nothing that you see with, uh, the dog whisperer. It's just like, oh, they, they, the dog. they're all unhumane to the dog. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, white people, they look at the dog, fluffy, sit. Fluffy gonna sit. Fluffy roll over. Fluffy right. gonna roll over. You know, you look at it. But I told you, this is the fifth time when I come out here wrapping up your shit. That's what you get for black yeah, people. Yeah, black people talk to dogs like the dog can actually understand English. Yes. And then they kick him in the ass with their foot. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> oh God. That's what, that's what Butch used to do, man. <laughs> wow. Like the dog don't even know what the fuck it did wrong. It don't know not to do whatever it was again because it just got kicked. It was just a scared dog. It ran away. It made sense. I know one time Butch had a dog named King. King, that's what I'm talking about. He's a German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. And uh, King finally got loose. And Butch said, come on back, King. King like, oh, hell no. Eyes <laughs> <laughs> free. Eyes <laughs> running. He said, like, I'll take my chances on, <laughs> on the streets of Short Hill Road before I do this, man. That's um, right. All right. So we also had uh, questions about um, from a mom, too um so i gotta get to some nose real quick um but uh all right first one is did you like karen when you first met her and i forgot who asked that question i guess i should go look these up but uh yeah did you like karen when you first met karen yes i did all right she was a really nice girl that was a long time ago too um because uh and that's why kj wallace that asked that question yeah that was a long time ago man because me and karen been dating since uh i was 16 um 
now the first time you met her was that when she came to the house to ask a nigga out when i was uh going to that play with her that's true yeah yeah so you know <laughs> sometimes you know you gotta like that fellas you just gotta like that and uh they'll come get you off the basketball court man you just uh have to know how to play the game um uh someone also asked uh let me see who asked this so i can give them their credit um dasman uh daz hill he says uh did you ever <laughs> wait hold up and he said what's the best mother's day gift you ever received i don't know i'm still waiting Mm-hmm. that's right y'all we don't <laughs> buy stuff for mother's day we uh i don't get i don't buy stuff for my birthday karen's birthday yeah um, but what we will do a lot of times is like, uh, and I'm glad I have a practical parents and stuff. It's like, we'll go out a week or two later, like after the, the crowds have died down. Yeah. Cause yeah. Mother's Day, everything's packed. Everything's crowded. And on top of that, it's like, you, you, it's, it's nothing personal against y'all, but y'all are men. So a lot of times your daddy asking everybody be like, mm, mm, mm. That's the wrong person to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, plus, I mean, the other, like, I don't, do a lot of big celebrations so a lot anyway. of times i come up with the idea your dad your dad will yeah um but uh i just mean in general like for christmas we don't do a lot we don't do a lot for our, our own birthdays we don't do a lot for a lot of stuff so it's like um you know uh and, and that's kind of like a family thing uh as far as our whole family we don't really make a big deal out of a lot of stuff but um yeah so uh she don't remember i actually don't remember what like we would have given her i'm sure i've given some things on mother day before i just mm-hmm. don't remember now one time y'all did come over to the house and cook yeah i, I remember did, that I, I do appreciate that um yep i remember that yeah, um that. now uh timothy harley and Dasmond hill both have a similar question timothy says mama prime how do you feel about switches and then Dasmond says did you ever have to tell your kids go get a switch off the tree and it better be a good one because if I have to go get one, I'm gonna skin your ass. Mm, let me see. I don't. Re- Did I do a lot of switch whipping? Uh, I remember switch whipping. I okay. know that much. Okay. Not not a lot of forgettable switch whipping. I know that much. <laughs> I don't think I have a lot of switch whippings. I don't. I don't think so. There was that time I got kicked off the bus beating up that kid. And I didn't tell y'all till Sunday. Um, and I got a switch whipping coming out the shower. Um, and then I got whippings for like the next two days from my dad before he had to drive me to school. Yeah, cause you can think of that wasted gas, wasted time. Uh, you could, you could have been doing other things. Yeah, but I was fighting him for, uh, for my mom cause he was making jokes. He was talking about my mom's voice and I was on the bus mm-hmm. and I didn't appreciate that shit. And, uh, then I went to the bathroom um, before class. I was in like fourth or fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the sixth graders was in there, the big boys. And um, and he was in there. And they were trying to make him fight me. And uh, dad came and got me in the first place. And I said, no, I don't want to fight him. I'm going to go to class. Mm-hmm. And they were hyping him up the whole time. So he finally charged me. And, uh, and I, and I knew I could beat him up, but it was just a matter. I didn't want to get in trouble. My dad raised us not to fight people for stupid stuff. Um, and so I was trying to leave and they wouldn't let me leave. So I beat the shit out of him. One, he had talked about my mom and two, he, he came at me. So, uh, I beat him up and I went to class and, um, then I got called to the office. He was in my class too. So like I was getting nervous cause it was like five minutes late, 10 minutes late. I'm like, when is this nigga going to show up to class? 
he, he probably telling telling on me um so soon I, the intercom goes off they ask me to come to cl- come to the office i go to the office he in there trying to look like a victim because i won the fight of course and um i got kicked off the bus behind that um and and that was it was unfair man like i didn't i there was really not a good way i could get out of that situation and i didn't know they was taking me to the bathroom to fight that dude um but that weekend uh we had something planned i know we was going to the park and all this stuff and i was like i'm gonna go to the park i'm gonna have me a good weekend for i get in trouble so they told me on my fun. <laughs> yeah, they told me on a Friday, so I just told y'all Sunday and took that L. But uh, that's one of the switch weapons I remember for sure as a kid. Um, I also remember this one time. You remember this when um, we were? Uh, I don't know what what happened. Like I don't know if we was playing too much or something. We was making noise or something. You had to come in and I think tell us to clean up our room or something. And the the light was uh in the light in the ceiling reflected the shadow out into the hallway and you were leaving and rodney was giving you double middle fingers and you could see it from the shadow on the wall you remember that no oh man that was good <laughs> that was so good oh i don't remember that uh, i guess oh. parents must have something in them to make them not remember these whoopings because these are these are moments of my life i'll never forget I didn't get the whooping for Rodney. That was Rodney's fault. I, but it was, <laughs> Rodney, Rodney took that beat down on his yeah, own. Yeah, he was just doing double middle fingers and like that. And I was looking at him like, what are you doing? Not and, the double. <laughs> and, uh, then she saw that she saw the reflection. He got his ass whooped. Of course. It was either my mom. Maybe, maybe that was but my dad. Man, probably, probably what your dad did. Uh, I just remember being like, oh my God, you're going to die. Rodney was always doing something. Mm hmm. <laughs> oh, like he was, like he was, uh, uh, a dumb criminal like yes. when it came to like trying to do uh crimes uh he wasn't stuff. smart about it yeah like i used to pick my spots which mean which meant i didn't get to get away with big things because i would only do little stuff because i knew that's what you can get away with mm-hmm. but he used to do stuff like one time um we had we got chocolate uh candy bars from school and you know how all the kids get those to sell Mm-hmm. It's like two dollars a bar or something like that. Yes, some overpriced, and it just depends on the parents to love you enough to spend too much money and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so they had the chocolate bar thing that they were selling, and Rodney's dumbass steals like a couple extra boxes of chocolate bars, <gasps> and then tries to sell them in the school to and like for for less than what it's supposed to cost. Now everybody knows the prices of those, right? So it's obvious that he stole the chocolate bars, man. It didn't like the crime made no sense. You make less money than they're worth. You get caught now. You owe the school money. Of Uh, course, of course, the school was talking about, uh, you know, this going this a big time crime. Like like it's (laughs) like it's federal. Like this school property, man. That's a federal crime. You get wait for that. You know, you get charged for that candy bar theft. Yeah. So that was stupid. Um, and then Daniel uh, Dyer says. Mama Rod, have you ever had to bail Rod out of any bad situations? Yeah, nigga, you getting your ass embarrassed today, says Daniel to me. Um, so have you ever had to bail me out of any bad situations? No, because you knew if you got in trouble and you had to call somebody, one of us, it wasn't going to be pretty. Yeah. And Rod was a pretty good kid. As he just said, he kept his stuff under the low. On the low, real, real low. He ain't do no big time stuff, yeah. Now, Rodney, he just like, he just brash with it. Yeah. Here I am. He just so, just goofy. Like, 
like that it's obvious it's going to be seen. Yeah, you know you're going to get seen. Like one time, he uh, played hooky from school, and evidently he left something at the house. So I took it to school. I get to school. He's nowhere to be found. Oh. I'm like, where is this Negro at? <laughs> wow. And so he gets home. We ask the 50 questions. Of course, you know, he said he was there. Negro, you ain't there. Mm. Put out this, if I go in to return and the school, it's like, he missed first period, second period, and third period, bam. He is not here today. Right. Yeah. So he, yeah, he just used to do dumb stuff, man. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I I didn't have I don't remember any bad situations being in to to need to get bailed out of really. No. Um. So um, uh, Ronald asked for your mom. In your opinion, where did or what occurred to make your son hate on the great state of Florida? What? Nothing. Well, just look at the history of Florida. Exactly. <laughs> That's so, the truth. It's a hateable state. It is. They have the most heinous. Crimes against ethnic people. Mm-hmm. Um, Speak on that truth. Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina, mm-hmm. Texas. When you look at their history of how they treat people that are different, you know, it's very questionable. Yep. And the question is, what made Ronald love Florida? That's what you should be asking. That's like asking me, why don't you like Chris Brown? <laughs> why do you, oh, Why Lord. do you like that nigga? Don't don't just because you was born there. Like, you do realize that uh, they stole us from Africa, man. You don't have to claim none of this white stuff, man. Um, he also asked for your mom, was Rod allowed to play with pretend swords? Did he ever pretend a switch was a sword? Which may explain his disdain for the glorious uh, weapon. So he likes swords. No, I don't know about that. I think he just recently acquired that. Hatred for swords. Mm-hmm. It's not a hatred, for the record, people. I just think we need legislation against sword owners like we do for guns, okay? We need responsible sword ownership. As you guys will see, we'll have, I could read 10 articles about sword ratchetness right now, and it needs to be, I care about people, and I think it needs to stop. Um, and the only practical thing is to get some legislation about it. That's all. Uh, Jeremy Fuller said, what's your proudest moment as it relates to Rod? Um, and did Rod ever do anything as a kid that made you so upset that you thought about trading him in for a white baby? Oh, <laughs> oh heck no. Not on that one. Mm. Uh, just being a mature person. He's always been level-headed. Um, graduating from college, of course. That's a great moment to follow through with what you start out cool you know so no uh and leonard also says happy mother leonard brother says happy mother's day mrs m i hope you have a great day my question is is there anything about rod that fans of the show might be surprised to know uh yeah mm-hmm. when he was a little boy he used to like cowboy boots a cowboy hat and um uh, what's the name of the show deuce of hazard deuce of hazard just a good old boy <laughs> never meaning no harm <laughs> Uh, nothing embarrassing or secret, just cool, something cool, um, or interesting about him that might not come up, have come up on the show. Now, my, they also did buy me a birthday cake with the General Lee jumping over a bridge, which oh, yeah. I didn't, 
I didn't realize till years later how inappropriate that probably was <laughs> uh, for uh, some uh, black people to buy that cake. Yeah, I know that they was looking at you want what? You yeah. you want what? People at Win Dixie had to be like, Why? <laughs> Are you gonna put a bomb in this and kill some rednecks or something? Um, Linda Brother says, Oh, one more question. Do you remember when Rod first told you about Karen? How did he tell you and the family that he was dating her? I think we were having dinner and he just mentioned that. A girl named Karen was going to come over. We were going to meet her. I was, you know, excited about meeting her. And uh, once I met her and got to talk to her, she's a very nice person. Whenever you can get in words, because she's a big talker. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, she is, man. But she has a great heart. I remember one time we were in the car, and I don't remember what even brought this up. But Karen was just talking like normal. And then she just started talking about uh, when she got her period and stuff. And I was like, man, what the hell <laughs> just happened to this conversation? And um, to an extent, um, I think my mom always kind of wanted a daughter Yes. anyway. So uh, I think it was kind of a good fit, too, like as far as energy and stuff like that. Um yeah, uh, when I was the kid, I talked just to talk. It was no rhyme, no reason, no logic behind my talking. I just had words to say. The older I got, the more I've learned that every time and every second is not always a time for your words to be spoken in the air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, Phil Lyric says, what's Mama Morrow's side of the story when the white girl called? Uh, now I don't know if you remember this, but this white girl named Melody called the house for me one time. It was when I was probably like 16, 15. And, um, she, uh, wanted to talk to me. She was interested in trying to holler at me. She had been hollering at me at school and stuff. I gave her my number, but I didn't, I didn't really know anything about girls at, at that time anyway. I was still playing with Transformers and shit. But she called up the house and, uh, I picked, uh, and you picked up the phone. And she was, I'm sure she, in her white girl voice is like, can I speak to Roderick? And you were like, uh, who is this? And then she said, Melody or whatever. And then you gave me the phone, but you looked at me like, why you got this white girl calling my house? Do you remember that? Not really. That's what I thought. <laughs> no. All right. Well, that was, yeah, that was, uh, uh, that was how I learned. Can't use a comb. Can't, can't bring it home. Um, oh, Lord. <laughs> all right that's, that's all the questions i see for 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 my mom as far as the chat and all that stuff so let's talk about some actual uh some other stuff man some articles some new stuff some guest to race uh first things first have you guys seen the trailer for what i believe is gonna be um uh, a must-see film for all black people. Oh, um, I got to go see this one. This is clearly looking like uh, the 2014 um, blackness uh, uh, test to renew your blackness license. It's uh, The Butler, starring Forrest Whitaker and Oprah Winfrey, Winfrey and a ton of other black... You haven't seen this? No. All right, let me see if I can play this trailer and I can turn my screen or you could look oh at it. God. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's the title of the butler. Uh huh. The butler. Yep, oh, yep, Lord. that screen turns. Are you political, Mr. Gaines? There you go. No, sir. Good. We have no tolerance for politics at the White House. I'm Cecil Gaines. I'm the new butler. You hear nothing? You Put see this nothing. in the chat room, real You quick. only serve. You know he got that job himself. The White House called him. He didn't call the White House. I want to hear all the stories. I don't know how many stories you're going to hear because they done swore him to some kind of secret code. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Did you go to an all-colored school, Cecil? 
I didn't go to school, Miss President. One is from the director of Precious, Lee Daniels. Oh. Oscar. It's got, um, Forrest Whitaker, as you can see, doing some type of crazy, stupid voice. Oscar. I grew up on yeah. the cotton farm. Change the skin tone, Oscar. Don't you lose your temper with them, man. This is they, they cut the people, a uh, bunch of black people picking cotton and some white people giving them a hard time. A young, huh? young Forrest Whitaker's having a problem with the white man harassing the black folks. You can see it. Well, it's a hit because that's what they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Always that the benevolent folk helping the black folk. Mm-hmm. So approach well, us about Oscar. Yep, I think oh, yeah. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Here's here's some black fathering uh, that's about to happen too in this trailer. Um, oh, I might accidentally skip some. You hear nothing. You see nothing. You only serve. You know he got that job himself. The White House called him. He didn't call the White House. I want to hear all the stories. Well, I don't know how many stories you're going to hear because they done swore him to some kind of secret code. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Did you go to an all-colored school, Cecil? I didn't go to school. That was Robin school. Williams. I grew up on the cotton farm. Get back to work. Don't you lose your temper with that man. It's his world. We're just living in it. You looking for some help? We done broke our window. They done stole our food. And now you asking for a job? I know how to serve. Now, this is when I knew it was an Oscar winner. When they showed my nigga Clarence Williams III. Yes. I said, this shit gonna have some acting in it. <laughs> that, that's an acting brother. They say this new white boy is smooth. Cuba Gooden Jr. Yeah. Thrilled to be working with all of you over the next four years. Dr. King. What did your daddy do? Martin Luther King is in the movie. Brother. Young brother, the black domestic play an important role in our history. Something special is going on down here, Dad. Miss Bridget. I know your son is a freedom rider. The freedom riders are in the movie! <laughs> <laughs> The Ku Klux Klan is in this movie. I never understood what you all really went through. You changed my heart. JF, JFK told the black butler, I didn't understand what y'all went through before this. You have changed my heart. Singularly, this black man, st- stop racism, y'all. This is going to be a good movie. <laughs> There's this whole black power movement going on. Like, black Panthers are in the movie. Give him the green light to gut those sons of bitches. You know what they're going to do to you? Oh, no. Matthew Broderick is in the movie. Don't kill you. This country treats us like dogs. And I'm like the president. You need to go. What? Get the hell out of here. I'm sorry, Mr. Butler. I didn't mean to make fun of your hero. His daddy grew up to be... His son grew up to be a Black Panther and came back to the house calling him some type of sellout and Oprah smacked him. That's in the movie. Oh, it was John Cusack, my tank, uh, not Matthew Broderick. Terrence Howard! Terrence Howard and Lindy, filling up Lindy on... Kravitz. It must have been... A, the, you think Terrence Howard was talking about this movie? He's talking about filling on Oprah's Tiggo Bitties? Yep. Oh, my I God. Think so too. That's in the movie? Yep. Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Alan Rickman is in the movie. Everything you are and everything you have is because of that butler. 
Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm going to see this. Oh, yeah, we're going to see that. We're going as a family. Yeah. All right. We already time. We're going to see this one. We're going to make Rodney take his girlfriend so she can keep her black car for one more year. <laughs> um, yep. She did it with the Django. Yeah. It's a tradition now. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to see that. That's just like some, some good blackness. It's, it's, it's either going to be, uh, really corny and funny or really poignant, but, uh, I'm leaning towards corny and funny once they start throwing in like JFK was racist until he met the butler and stuff like that. I feel like that's going to make it be even better. Um, but, uh, yeah, the butler. Make sure y'all go see that. Um, speaking of movie theaters, mm-hmm. a movie theater pulled out a publicity stunt that I, I think was pretty damn stupid. Uh-oh. The manager of a movie theater in Jefferson City, Missouri, is defending himself after a publicity stunt resulted in a police response last weekend. KMIZ reports that management at the Goodrich Capital 8 Theaters hired an actor to dress in full tactical gear, complete with a fake gun, and walk into the movie theater during the opening weekend of Iron Man 3. Why would you do that after that mass shooting? In Aurora, Colorado, remember, there was a guy who actually wore a trench, like he wore tactical gear, had a gun, walked into the theater, killed all these people uh, in the Dark Knight uh, Rises opening night. These fools, did they not watch, did they not watch it or? Um, several moviegoers called police who responded act- anticipating an active shooting situation. Uh, so that means they showed up with guns and all this stuff. What else were they supposed to see? SWAT. Um, and not to mention, I mean, they're lucky some fan, did, some movie dude didn't just take it in his own hands and kill this dude. Yeah, like, sh- like shot him, assuming, you know, because people actually do walk around carrying guns on them. And this is one of them incidents where, guess what, if everybody walking around with a gun and you happen to do some stupid shit, they're not looking to see if your gun's real, if your gun's fake yeah. or anything. All they know is you got one and I, and I will do anything I can to protect my family. And you know what, the person that owns this movie theater, guess what, he ought to pay the city for all the uh, manpower that it took for them to come out there, he ought to get billed for that because that was a waste of their time. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's fight or flight. Yep. You know, so I'm surprised someone didn't just like stab this fool. <laughs> um, plus, it's a movie theater. You don't even know if someone has a gun in there. They don't check for guns and stuff anymore. Oh no. Um, so uh, we received a series of 911 calls stating that a man dressed in black, in all black, and body armor and a rifle was walking into Capitol Eight theaters. Uh, Captain Shoemaker told the uh, Fox 4 News everything was in place. It's the opening night of a hero movie. It's, it's somebody walking in all dark clothes. Everything pointed to bad things about to happen. There's really no good that can come of this. Uh, last summer, 12 people were shot and killed during the showing of The Dark Knight Rises. The theater management is defending the stunt, saying its job is to entertain the guest. But they didn't know, and they had no idea, and they fucking calling 911. Like, like, it's it's like this. It would have been different if. Oh, what question? Well, did this was the staff aware of this? I don't know. Um, theater manager Bob Wilkins told KMIZ that the stunt resulted in only a few complaints. Uh, when asked if management took into consideration what happened in the mass shooting at Colorado Movie Theater, Wilkins responded, "Absolutely. That's my number one priority every day is the safety and security of our guests." ABC 17 News asked Wilkins if he had any regrets for allowing the publicity stunt. He said, no, my job is to entertain people. Um, wow. This, this person is an idiot. Yeah. Um, the reason why I said this is because you, you, you're 
duplicating slash replicating a real event. Like yeah. you're causing people to panic, you're causing outrage, you're causing people to be scared. And you know what? If somebody, like you said, somebody would have shot this dude, mm-hmm. um, and the sad part about it, they probably would have been charged. But it was like, how was was they supposed to know that you was trying to pull the stunt? Yeah, I just so stupid to me. I don't know. Only in America can uh, you do some stuff like that, right? And double down on it, like, look. This was what our job is, is to entertain. Only in America. Some people have fun when a gun is in their face and they think they're about to die in a movie theater. <laughs> That's what people came to see, right? It's Iron Man. It's a lot of action yeah. on the screen. I, I hope I hope it ain't no, like, chain chain, because if it yeah. was, he'd lose his job. Like well, thank that. God it wasn't a movie with, like, a graphic depiction of rape or, like, <sighs> a natural disaster or something. You know, who knows what this man would have done? You know, like, Jason is in the theater with us. Um... Uh, so uh we had this article i didn't give up on black men they gave up on me <laughs> mm-hmm. written by malcolm well X. she didn't meet the dude that was singing about crying yeah yeah apparently she's never had love made to her till she uh cried Mm-mm. by uh big rob but uh <laughs> yeah we she uh she didn't give up on us plymouth rock landed on uh us um oh, she Lord. says Josh Stone explains at essence how a long history of rejection led her to have a come to Jesus meeting with herself on this controversial issue. That's what it says in the article. What? Yeah. The root. Oh my. I'm going to start with an urgent gripe of mine. Every time I turn around, the maiden habits of African American women are being scrutinized. There is always some broken down bundle of research about how many black women are single or article about why we aren't suitable for long term relationships. Gee whiz, I can't digest any more of this crap. Check, please. By the way, I love how uh, Essence Magazine, you can write journalism like this. Like if I said Time Magazine, y'all would have been like, what? Time let that go, but Essence is like, that's black enough. That, yeah, yeah. She don't time, got a code switch for us. Yeah, Time might have been like, you know what? No. Yeah. Uh, that's not acceptable <laughs> for Time. I need complete sentences, not brunch rants, ma'am. Yes. Uh, no for, run on sentences. Come on. Perhaps what's most disheartening is the fact that out of all the people who find fault in black women, it's brothers that are our toughest critics. They reject us for being too dark. Having short hair, being plus size, or having a less than bodacious don't. Translation around posterior anatomy. Sisters are lampooned for not being submissive enough, soft enough, or simply too vocal with our opinions. And the hits just keep on coming. I feel like she stayed on Twitter a little too long. Yeah, she should have checked but, uh, out a while ago. You, know, I feel, you have to ignore those people. I feel the pressure. You know, I, I understand. It's a lot of pressure on women these days uh, to get married and find a man. It seems like that's everything. So everybody is why you ain't got a man, why you ain't had no children, why you ain't married. So I get it. So maybe it's just the pressure is on her too. Uh is there any wonder that I say with tears in my eyes that I didn't give up on black men? They gave up on me. I came to this painful realization a few years ago, but it was a long time coming. I can't tell you exactly when I started feeling rejected by black men, like Leonard Brothers in chat room. I was too many years ago to count. I've been told that I'm too opinionated, too assertive, too outspoken, or too fat. More times than I can admit. In my 20... Now, here's the thing, though. All right, as a man, it is possible that she is all these things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like she's writing an article from the standpoint that she's none of this. 
but you write for Essence magazine like you probably do have good opinions you probably are assertive you probably are outspoken i don't know about your weight i don't see a picture of you but like you could be these things and these dudes just can't handle that and, that's um, right that's not necessarily a black thing you no, know that's not There's a lot of white dudes that can't handle it. there's a lot of people that just can't handle that package of too opinionated too assertive too outspoken and too fat there's a lot of people uh in my 20s i tried to twist and conform to become less well me but it was like the alignment trying to become a kitty cat i finally decided that i simply couldn't make myself smaller for others to feel bigger not even for the sake of love my plan was to wait patiently for that some for that some awesome black man to look me up through accepting eyes and embrace my flaws and all ultimately isn't isn't that what we all really want for from love to feel it unconditionally sigh dare i say i'm still waiting and yet still i rise okay i added that part <laughs> but uh what y'all think about josh stones um you know the black man you got to give up on them because uh they, they they hating on these black women too hard you, you can go first that's the first i heard of that um, it's interesting from her her perspective of that. Mm. Very interesting. I don't know. I have to. Um, you ever feel like black men be hating on these black women out here? Sometimes I feel like they do. Like I like certain types. You know, like I go play ball at the YMCA, <laughs> and uh, the black dudes there were surprised to find out i date i married a black woman yeah they thought i was white yeah they just assumed for years without asking they were just like i was like yeah you know um i uh i left my contacts at home um karen's gonna bring them up here and karen walked in and gave my contacts and then when she left i was like oh your wife black and i was like why'd you assume she wasn't i don't know i don't know i think um uh, uh, relationships today just seem to be more complicated than need to be. You know, you have standards. Both people should have standards. Mm-hmm. The guy and the girl. And if you want, if you're responsible, you should meet those standards and have a commitment. You know, marriage, family, kids, or no yeah. kids, but just honoring a commitment, just being an adult about whatever decision you make. Yeah. The other thing too is I do feel like um part of this is like she shouldn't it's not about her being applauded like she's opening her horizons there's nothing wrong with that like you you shouldn't have to feel like um only black men can do like love is kind of a it's about who respects you who treats you well um all that kind of stuff so it's like it, it, it sometimes it is a big it can be bigger than race and and whatnot like it shouldn't necessarily be confined to um well i'm gonna keep dating these dudes because they treating me wrong it's like well you know you also might be attracted to some fucked up dudes because not all black men are pieces of shit you know so it, you might like a certain type of dude then and it seems to be a pattern with you that you're too much quote unquote for all these different dudes everybody can't uh handle everyone everything's not a love connection you can't blame that on my race because you're not like there's uh as much as i love black women there's black women i would never date for different reasons and they're all valid to me and that's all love is is what's valid to you like you can't define it by uh what's politically correct if if you if i feel like you are too mean and you happen to be a black woman you're too mean 
If I feel like you're too mean and you happen to be Asian, sorry, Shirley Wong, it's too much. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not, it's not necessarily a racial thing necessarily, even though I do feel there's a culture of analyzing and hyper criticizing black women's love lives. Um, what about you, Karen? What'd you think about it? And I, and I guess for me, uh, like I said, a lot of these conversations go back and forth on Twitter. And I really think, uh, a lot of this is beyond race. You know, a lot of times I think this article is to use race as a reason why she doesn't feel loved. She doesn't feel accepted. She doesn't feel like she belongs. Um, and it, and it's a reason to say, well, since you guys are hating on me, I'm just going to turn around and hate on you back mm-hmm. versus looking internally and saying, you know, what is it in me? Why am I attracted to these dudes? You know, why do I keep dating the same type of dudes? And like you say, go outside your realm. And I feel like when it comes to love, love is literally colorblind. People may or may not believe that, but really is love is colorblind so it's one of the things where you know i hope this causes her to date white men to date asian men to date you know you know what else a different type of black dude that's right a different, like, that's, a different that's, type of black dude that's too. another that's thing right. that's another thing that doesn't get considered but it's like and and i and the thing is i'm i'm being fair in this because i say the same shit about dudes all the time like when we had a, the black nerd dudes are causing like these women i go to the club and they just want to hang out with ballers and thugs i'm like what the fuck are you doing at the club you are a nerd go meet a girl at the library or the video game store you have no reason to be chasing after the same groupie uh shack is chasing after of course you're losing you know, um, so like, I feel like that too. Like you're not talking about every, there's, this is not representative of every black man. No, it's not. And every time people start doing the, well, they, men don't like this type of woman, that type of woman. I'm like, but I know women that are married that are that type of woman. So you can be like, well, they said I was too fat. I know a lot of fat women that got rings on their fingers right now. And happily married. Yeah, I know a lot of, uh, opinionated women, a lot of angry. Everybody knows a dude or two that we hate their wives because they are opinionated and angry and aggressive. Everybody knows one. You're thinking of one right now. Stop thinking about them. Think about this show. <laughs> that, but that, that everybody knows that person. So I don't want to hear like the excuses. Like sometimes it really is just a matter of luck and happenstance and all that stuff. But sometimes it is you. Like you pick people to like that are not compatible with, with you. Like they would not like you and also you could be an unlikable person yeah that's the truth too and a lot of times a lot of people don't want to accept and embrace the reality that you're just not a nice human being everybody thinks that they're just the greatest thing since life bread sometimes guess what you're the asshole you're the jerk you're the mean one because a lot of times if you ever realize all all the situations guess what they have in common you so at right. the end of the day you are a common factor yeah. but everybody wants to blame everybody else for the issues or their problems like you said they're put like is we talked about how black people are not a monolith we are not right. if you keep running across these same dudes you are looking in the wrong place you need yeah. to branch your horizon if you're attracted to black dudes fine well you know what find a different set of black dudes because all black dudes aren't mean all black dudes aren't bad aren't, aren't terrible um dads all mm-hmm. of them are not even terrible baby daddies you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying and and, and it, it upsets me i'm i'm and, and not to get off topic but i remember one time when i was uh, working at shoney's years ago it was this black lady she was married and every day she would come to work she would constantly complain about black men and i stopped her one day. I said, i'm gonna stop you right now i'm i'm i'm, I'm, I'm saying look here if if men are that terrible a why are you married if men are that terrible 
why are you married to a black man if black men are that terrible? And B, all black men are not what you're talking about. You have a personal internal issue with men that you need to fix. And also I think that a lot of people, a lot of men and women are dating and go out looking for the opposite sex when they are too childish and too immature and too self-centered to dedicate themselves to somebody. And then they step around and get in a relationship and wonder why it does not work, baby. Well, you know, you got the issues. What's funny, too, is when she's like, well, I'm not going to make myself less of less of me to get love but honestly uh if you like take the political correctness out of it, a lot of being in a relationship is about being less of yourself it, right. you know it's about sacrifice it's about uh you have goals and dreams and stuff that you would like to do that you know you have obligations and responsibilities and promises that you made that you can't just drop what you want to do like you're a single person and only responsible for yourself Cause so it it it, do, it does not work like that. Yeah, it, I remember when um uh I I remember when when uh, I was younger, I used to feel like and 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 my brother and my dad too. We used to feel like, well, my our mom is not as uh funny as us. Like she don't have all the jokes and all this stuff. But <laughs> but you know what? What helped that out? When we got our ass out the house, man. Now she's funny. She have a good time all the time. She's going to school like uh you know, like you like you can feel like that some stuff in a marriage and in a life and in love is about what you have to do like yeah it can't always be waking up the sunshine and i'm gonna be loud and opinionated and mean and fat and all this shit every day and you're gonna have to deal with it because you put that ring on my hand like sometimes it is about being like you know what i'm not gonna curse you out today because we're together we should appreciate each other yeah that and and i remember uh i used to really think for a long time that your mama had no sense of humor because the way y'all would talk about her you were like they were like mama you got a joke and i was like what is wrong with y'all what do y'all mean she got well, a joke you know, you know what in all honesty a lot of that was you coming through the picture too <laughs> oh snap like uh, <laughs> i did but it is it's a lot of male energy in the house a lot of kidding a lot of uh practical jokes and stuff oh, like yeah, they that they always at each other yeah you know that's kind of how our house was um so i i, I mean my mom feel free to speak up but i feel like uh when karen came through it kind of freed you to be more yourself and you had a buddy to, to do stuff with and all that like kind of energy in the house too that's true uh being a parent for me was very um serious business and as a mother, you have to do scheduling, cooking, yeah. cleaning, work, make sure homework is done, make sure you have to go to uh, school activities. It's just a lot of uh, structure and pressure to get all these things done. Mm -hmm. And I'm a serious type person, mm -hmm. and I want things to get done, and you, you know, you're cracking the whip. And so things that may be funny at that moment are not always funny to me but as i sit back and think then they they're funny now yeah. but the, the pressure is gone yeah because i've got them raised and they're uh responsible and productive citizens so it's and my honey my husband's always been funny mm -hmm. yes so i'm getting better <laughs> well, I, I, I feel like um also um a lot of these women feel like they have to um like we like you know, maybe it's hollywood or whatever but we kind of convince people young adults that love is like a movie and shit where it's like you meet her and you see her at a bus stop and next thing you know you're married you have kids everything's happy everything going good 
but we just skip right past the uh so uh how are the kids getting to school how are you know yeah. uh is someone gonna work full-time is someone gonna work part-time is somebody gonna um uh are we are you gonna stay home take care of your kids yourself are you gonna go to daycare and basically give a check to daycare uh to sometimes um stuff like that you know like people just skip over that stuff like it just magically works itself out in the details and then when you look at divorces and stuff a lot of times that's what broke it up is the little stuff that you thought was just well why would i think about you know how much it costs to take care of a kid because it costs a lot and money's number one reason of divorce you know hey that's the truth and also too uh your mom uh takes being a mother and being a parent seriously and when you do that, it is a lot of work and a lot of effort. You right. like, like Roger always say, you could be cool and hang with us, but guess what? You're not a good parent because you're right. hanging with us. Right. You, well, I say you can be a cool dad or a good dad. And I kind of mean that. And same thing with mom. You could be a cool mom or a good mom. And that's it. Like the people I know is like, oh man, my mom, you smoke weed with me. And all. I'm like, well, that's why you fucked up. I see now. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Like you can't be raising kids that way. That's not a good idea if you're gonna be responsible for putting somebody's life into the world. So, um, I, I but but by the same token, I feel like um, you know, once you do uh, like someone like this, they're only thinking about marriage and relationships in a getting with somebody point. Like yeah. if you look at this, she didn't once talk about being in a relationship with, with black man. Mm-mm. She didn't talk about any of the sacrifices or compromises that she made actually dealing with somebody. It's all, I was rejected by at a, at a, at a surface level. Yeah. So, so that like, this is like, it's kind of like when we, when we talk about a lot of women and how they, they say, I want to get married, but what they really mean is I want a wedding. And they, yeah. they're not actually thinking about what a marriage would look like. And, you know, a year or two later, you're like, I'm not happy. Let's get, let's break up. It's like, you never were planning on any of this. You were planning on like how many flowers, how many grooms, how many, I mean, how many grooms, uh, you know, groomsmen, how many bridesmaids and like you were planning on that shit where you were going on your honeymoon, but you weren't actually planning on like, how are we splitting this rent? Yes. Um, how, how, how are things will get paid? And also something that you brought up a while ago, which something that a lot of women do. Everybody always complains, but nobody ever talks about what they're going to bring to the table. It's always about what the other person is or is right. not doing. This lady, is is not this lady in this article didn't say anything that would make me go, oh, so that's what you have to offer. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. She didn't name one thing about herself. One characteristic. She named a bunch of stuff that people think about her, which I'm like, if that's what people think, that's that's kind of on you. If people think you're too opinionated, too assertive, too outspoken, and too fat, that's kind of on you. You know, and, and, but you, I need something from you to make me be like, oh, okay, yeah, you, you know, uh, well, I'm, I'm this type of educated. I'm this, you know, I... I don't know. Like you had to have something that about you that you think are good selling points, right? Something, something. But when a lot of times we go into these arguments, people are always talking about being male or female. It's always the opposite sex. It's never about what they're going to bring to the table. And before when we were talking about like mothers and being parents, uh, being parent is, is, it's not no joke. And like you said, society and just Hollywood, especially when it comes to women, 
if you try to follow the subscription that they have, you will go nuts. A mother is supposed to be happy all the time. She's supposed to have sex with her husband when he wants it. She's supposed to cook and clean for the children. She's supposed to put the kids to bed. She's supposed to be the first one up in the morning. She's supposed to cook them breakfast. She's supposed to, you know, at, at, in some instances, homeschool them. She's supposed to just be all to everybody and, and everything. And that is impossible. You will right. mentally and physically break down. This is why I said a mother is a woman and a person first and a mother second. A lot of women get upset when I say that because they were like, you a mother first. No, no, no. You were a person before these children ever came into your life. You were an individual person. Plus so I you need like, to remember that. Plus, I feel like kids can feel it. And they can tell. Yes, like, they know. They know. Like kids are stressed. much more intuitive than people give them credit for. Yes, they do. You know, it's why I, I think dudes that uh, cheat on their um on their on their wives and and the kids, you know, are around and then they go, but I'm a good father. I'm like, but your kid sees that. You don't think they do, but you're teaching them how to treat their mother and women for the rest of their lives, even though you think that uh, well, they too small and too stupid to understand that uh, daddy not coming home. Uh, all the time is is not a big is a big deal you know they can understand and they can comprehend they can tell if mom and daddy uh, have tension even if they never see you argue in front of them kids can pick it up they can tell if if a parent is stressed they can tell if it's frustration they can tell if a parent is sad they can pick up on depression they can pick up on these things people they can tell when you're not happy uh, and i'm talking to you people right now you 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 if you're with somebody and you're not happy children see that you know what sometimes it's better to divorce and not stay together for the sake of the children because a, a lot of times children say i was glad when my parents got divorced they were happier because at the end of the day the children want the parents to be happy sometimes regardless if you guys are together or not yeah um the other thing like michelle's in the chat room and she said uh uh she's been called assertive before too assertive by uh, before and uh and i was saying by one dude or a lot of dudes because it matters right like that like if it's one dude he might be a bitch like he might really just be not able to handle you that's right if it's by a lot of dudes you might be intimidating like it like it's not like and the thing is, it doesn't mean you can't find somebody. It's just you're going to have to find somebody that's not scared of you. Ain't that? Yeah. You know, yeah. like that's the thing. Like everybody has their thing where it's like, um, I don't like the way such a such. Like when Karen talks, she gets really uh, emotional sometimes. I do. Like, sounding. And I know a lot of dudes would not be able to handle that. Why is she fussing at me? You know? <laughs> but I, so, but, but that's her thing. And I, I'm fine with it. You got to find a person that's fine with it. It's not everybody's not for everyone and no, and no, everybody no, should not. you know i think the female ego is uh even bigger than the male ego but maybe not maybe not as fragile but it's really like everybody should like me every man should want to get with me like it's a high bar you know the dude's ego is more like any of these women want some of me and <laughs> and women's ego is more like all y'all should want me and i shouldn't have to want y'all back like so you know, I, I, but yeah, if a dude thinks that you're, um, you know, intimidated or whatever, or intimidating, then fuck him. He's not for you. That's it. Yeah, that, that's the truth. And, 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 and I've realized this, uh, a lot of women need to understand is that you just be you. And if he doesn't vibe with you, you need to just move on. But a lot of women into, I'm going to fix him. I'm going to change him. I'm going to make him do this. I'm going to, a lot of women are into that. And that does not work. If he does yeah. not come in full fledged, you put like this, you can't make a man want you. You can't make a man want to stay with you. Your vagina is not that special. Yeah. You, you, you got to keep it and be real with yourself. And like right to say, and it's funny. I, and I've gotten better as I gotten older. Yes. And it's been funny. I've talked, 
to Roderick and somebody was like, you angry? I'd be like, no, I'm not angry. They really, they really asked me, am I mad or angry? Why are you fussing at him? I was like, I'm not fussing at him. But I got to realize that my tone of my voice, but like you said, for some dudes, that would be very intimidating. Yeah, it'd be a, uh, they, you're too angry, too aggressive. That, it doesn't bother me, but I can see it bothering somebody else. And that just, that person's not for you. Um, all right, speaking of too angry and too aggressive, uh, there was a man who had some issues in Oklahoma with his neighbors. Okay, now he was uh, apparently was not a fan of uh, some things that were going around in the hood. So he Uh decided to take matters into his own hands. Um, And we begin tonight at 10 with a warning. Our top story contains some graphic language, so fair warning. Because it involves a man who says someone sent him a sex toy in the mail, along with a threat. He believes it was a direct result of an ugly confrontation at a Shawnee business. News Channel 4's Courtney Francisco Uh-oh. is on the night beat with more Are we playing the sexually race? explicit package. I don't know. Courtney, this guy isn't taking this lightly, is he? No, he's really not. This is a package no one would want to open without fair warning first. I wish I could bluntly tell you what was inside the box, but FCC standards won't allow it. The man who received it had strong words to say about the entire incident. It's enough to shock anybody. It's absolutely atrocious. Ralph Polnicki still can't believe what's inside the package he received two months ago. We were aghast. My wife was just, oh my God, you know, what? who is this? What, what, what do they want? Inside, a rubber <laughs> replica of a penis with these words written on it. It says, Ralph is a d- And it looks like two exclamation marks from at Tractor Supply. And then on the other side, it says, don't come back. Don't come back is a familiar... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Yeah, he uh, apparently, someone did not, was not satisfied. Former military man, he says a Shawnee Tractor Supply employee shouted that at him after he confronted them about taking too long to order a product. As I'm walking out, she's screaming at me, don't come back. This is what started it all. That confrontation happened back in October, and Polnicki finally got what he ordered. But four months later, he received this. I walked in here to the tractor supply, and employees knew exactly what I was talking about when I mentioned the package. Now, they couldn't say anything about it, of course, just that it's been passed along to their headquarters in Tennessee. We called corporate. Now, part of me is like, yeah, this is messed up. The other part of me is like, this is awesome. And this is the way I would like to troll somebody. Like, if you had a, a, a problem with me, I would love to get your address and just mail you a fake penis in the mail and call you a dick. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> um, and then the other part of me is, why is this dude calling the news and then escalating it to the corporate office? Like, just throw the, the throw the dildo in the trash, man. And just keep moving. <laughs> move. Like, this is why you got called a dick is because you don't know how to move on with things. When somebody uh, confronts you. And you know, who's to say what he said? He might have went in their office and showed his ass, mm-hmm. and they got tired of it. No, they shouldn't have did it. Don't get me wrong. But could you imagine, you know, this is a the trailer place. You're like, why is there a, a penis in, in, in my box? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the funny thing is that the people looked at the item as if they've never seen something like that. Right. He's like, it's <laughs> That's incredulous. I'm like, give me a, a break. <laughs> It appears to be a replica of some sort of phallic object. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
really apologize for the delay. But initially, no one answered our messages. It was enough to shock anybody. Other customers agree. It would shock me, but at the same time, it would uh, it would upset me quite a bit. I would have uh, whoever done that fired. And that's what Paul Nicky wants. Tractor Supply to hold someone accountable for the private parcel. I've certainly been offended. My wife's been terrorized by this. Terrorized? <laughs> what did you do with it? This, they didn't say you had to use it, owner. It must have, it must have been one of those big ones. Terrorize. Did she pass out from the side of it? I know. Oh, I do declare. That's not from Adam and Eve. She put a handkerchief to her head. <laughs> I was hoping somebody used code TVGWT when they sent that. I'm trying to tell off. you. This might be my new revenge tactic. Save money. First contacted Tractor Supply about this story yesterday. This afternoon, we received a statement from them in part saying our thorough investigation provided no basis to conclude that a Tractor Supply company team member is responsible for this unfortunate situation. And I spoke with attorney Ed Blau about this situation, and he says while it's not a crime to send someone an offensive package, a civil suit could be filed for emotional damages. Wow. So guess the race of the dude that received the vibr the dildo in the mail, Mom. Caucasian. All right, let's check the chat room. Caucasian from the from the panel. Let's see what uh, the people in the chat room believe. Uh, White says Paul Andre Joseph, bitchy as trailer park chalk. Oh my, <laughs> bitchy. <laughs> uh, frivolous lawsuit. Shaking my head. That's true. Uh, silly, silly cheddar, mullet wearer. <laughs> Cheese eater who starred in a slow motion Adam and Eve porn but didn't use code TBGWT. <laughs> and Peckerwood. The correct answer is a white man. It was a white man, everybody. I know. And someone said, I agree. Cock Asian with C O C K. That was terrible. Oh, man. Well, yeah. Learn to take a joke, man. I can't believe they, like, they were so incredulous. They probably have this stuff in their closet. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Try to act like. I'm not serious. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you use it for? <laughs> I don't understand. What do you do with this? You made my wife pass out from this. Yeah. <laughs> from the want of it. Yeah. I <laughs> the desire. She's like, oh. I, I couldn't afford 99.99. She thought she got a gift. Yeah. She's, She's like, like oh, you know happy Mother's Day indeed. And he's like, no, it's a, it's a prank. <laughs> I'm disgusted by it. She's like, oh, oh, okay. Hurt my feelings. I'm disgusted too, I guess. Um, so for two South Florida, oh, Florida, identity thieves, justice came served with mouthwater and steak and a side order of macaroni and cheese. Oh, snap. Captured in a food porn photo posted online that helped investigators track the couple down. Now, Karen food does porn. this every time we go out. Don't try to act like you don't know what it is. <laughs> Uh, Karen takes pictures of our food every time we eat. And I puts do. it on the internet. Yes. That's, that's food porn. Okay. Nathaniel Troy May of Harlem, New York, and Tawana Tanise Thompson, 39, of Miramar, are facing up to a dozen years in federal prison and hefty fines. The couple pleaded guilty to aggravated identity theft and possession of unauthorized access devices Friday in federal court in Fort Lauderdale. IRS agents on the trail of a man who claimed he had... 700,000 stolen identities to sell said that they only had a few clues about who he was early in the investigation. A witness working undercover for the IRS told agents that the man went by the name Troy and was dating Thomason and said she uh, he was uh, from Harlem during the January 5th meeting at the Yolo restaurant 
at Las Olas Boulevard. That's right, YOLO Restaurant, <laughs> which is uh, short for Drake's You Only Live Once. <laughs> That's um, really the name of the restaurant? Yeah, YOLO. And it's all caps lock, Y-O-L-O, You Only Live Once. Wow. Mm-hmm, guess the race. The break came January 7th after the three met up again at the Swanky Morton's Steakhouse on the corner of Federal Highway and Broward Boulevard so the couple could turn over a flash drive containing 50,000 identities they thought would be used to file fraudulent income tax returns. When IRS agents examined the drive, they contained over 50 identities. They found hidden data linking the drive to Troy May. Louis Bobino, a special agent from the IRS Criminal Investigation Unit, searched online and found a profile, Troy May, on Instagram, a social media website for sharing photos. Bobino wrote that he found a photo of a steak and macaroni and cheese (laughs) meal containing the caption, Morton's that coincided with the January 7th meeting between the witness and the couple. The agent also found a profile photo of May on the Instagram profile, which the witness identifies the man who gave him the drive and promised to provide the rest of the 50,000 identities in exchange for payment after the fraudulent tax returns were filed in, if the victim's name in the victim's names, IRS agents arrested the couple at Thomas's apartment and said they found two flash drives containing as many as 55,000 illegally obtained identities. Wow. Thomason, who was free on bond and working as a bartender in Miami, pending her July 19th sentence, cried as she told the judge she had no excuse. I was foolish and I was stupid. May said he organized promotional events and has a prior conviction for wire fraud and he will remain locked up. Guess the race of uh, Tawana Tanise Thomason and Nathaniel Troy May. African-American. All right, let's check the chat room. Uh, Nigasaurus Rex and Weaver Dactyl. <laughs> the IRS also found pictures of chicken black. Oh, Lord. I bet the, you that steak was well done, then. The internet solving cases weren't incriminating photo at a time. Mm-hmm. Blackity Black Black, Sailor Moon Cricket, Janky oh Promoter Deep Space Coon Cricket. The correct answer is, wait, Nigganet Proprietors, the correct answer is black. They were both black, y'all. Wow. I know. The name gave it away. I didn't want them to be black either, guys. But uh, that that's what happened. We tried to get you with the macaroni and cheese, but I think that steak was well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Happy Mother's Day, Phoenix police have arrested a woman in a fatal hit and run Sunday night. Kristen Joy Suggs, 24, was booked for leaving the scene of a fatal traffic collision. According to police spokesman Officer James Holmes, Suggs was driving a white 2004 Chevy Malibu southbound near the 19th Avenue and Monte Vista Road when she allegedly hit a 51-year-old Hispanic man. Now, that that's messed up, man, because, you know, he was just probably minding his own business, and she does a hit and run on the dude, so it's not it's, it's even worse than just a, a regular accident because, like, you, got, you really got to have something mean in you to do hit and run, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we all panic. I remember one time I hit this Mexican dude with my car. And uh, I was pulling out uh, from getting my my car worked on. And uh, as soon as I hit him, I stopped the car. And he said, no, 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 no. Made me keep going. Like, I don't know if he didn't have papers. <laughs> oh, <what>. no. <laughs> he told you to keep going. He told me to keep going. Like, I didn't hit him hard or anything. But I was like, you know, you should probably be looked at. And then I, I, like, stayed a little bit longer. And he just limped down the street like he was okay. I was like. I guess, man. Like, I, I, I guess he didn't want the police involved, but um. Wow. Yeah, yep. Yeah, um, but uh, let me get back to some more of this. Uh, 
The man had been walking mid-block in the curb lane. Phoenix Fire Department personnel arrived on the scene and pronounced the victim dead. His name had not been released. Like, I don't know how what's in you to do that where someone is instinct, dead. It's an instant instinct to panic. Please don't get me wrong. Right. But it's one of those things where you just can't leave. Because you would, I, I guess, I, I wouldn't want nobody to do me like that. You know, hit and kill me and just leave me in the street and nobody can identify me. Nobody can tell them what happened to me. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be left in that situation. Uh, home said Suggs fled the scene, then called the police to report an unknown suspect had thrown an object at her vehicle, causing extensive damage. Oh, oh my. it was like a Mexican sized object, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, about maybe <laughs> six, five, uh, 175 pounds object. Was it a lawnmower? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Uh, you know, one of them objects you might pick up at Home Depot and, uh, give some of his Travajo, if you know what I'm saying? <laughs> No tranquilo. Um, uh, so, uh, officers contacted, uh, uh, Suggs and observed the evidence and demonstrated a vehicle to be consistent with the vehicle pedestrian collision. The officer says, uh, Shrug, well, now they're saying Scruggs. Scruggs, uh, displayed signs and symptoms of possible alcohol use, DUI charges are pending test results. The investigation continues. So she didn't want to get caught with a DUI, but then her dumbass still called the cops. Uh, to report that there was damage to a vehicle. I don't know if she's thinking about the insurance, but you know if it happens at the same time, cops are going to be like, okay, we got a hit and run. We got someone calling in drunk, talking about I got damage to my car. Yeah. Being one, two plus two is four. I got the truth. Why, so get, the, why not the insurance company? Right, yeah. Yeah, if yeah. nothing else, the insurance, because they ain't trying to pay if they ain't got to pay. They're going to figure it out. Um, they pay a lot of money for the people to investigate. Should have just called Allstate. Yes. Um, be like, uh, you know, uh, uh, just like a good neighbor, Allstate is there with a hit and run. <laughs> uh, uh, can I get a hot tub? All right. I love that commercial. What, uh, what, guess the race, mom? Caucasian. All right. Let's check the chat room. She had to think about that one. She hit him, offered him a job to cut her lawn, and then told him to go back to Mexico. White. This is Holly Berry always breaks open. This is Holly Berry always breaks open a pinata. One whose black double, whose back doubles as a swimming pool to neighborhood children in the summer. Oh, fuck that nigga! I got warrants, Blackie. Holly Berry school of driving graduate, white. White privilege can't save you here. One who gets out of a car pull when pulled over to give cops a piece of their mind. That's, that's white for sure. Can't drive female Asian. Sorry, Shirley Wong Esquire. Uh, the correct answer is black. What? It was a black woman, y'all. And her mugshot is ridiculous. Her look at this in the chat priceless. room. Look at, look, look at that shot. That oh, my God. Look at her. Like, there's no way she should have been driving a car. She can't even make a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. We'll do a couple more guest race here. Dang. I know, man. Like, she had no business in anybody's car. Period. Um, no, 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 no. She didn't. And, and before we uh, get off, I have a, one more question for your mom. We can wait to the end. Go ahead. And might as well do it now that you brought it up. Oh, okay. I wanted to ask you for those uh, people that don't know uh, about it. Uh, could you explain that? Like, what happened to your voice? Okay. When I was about six or seven, my mother still had a web growth on my vocal cords, mm-hmm. and so the surgeon went in to 
repair it, but it damaged my vocal cords. So, it left me with this unique voice, and it could have been worse. I could have had uh, breathing problems, swallowing problems, all kinds of problems, because <clears throat> the vocal area of your body is very intricate and delicate. So, I've always been asked this question, like, do you have a cold? I've yeah. Got, I've got so many home remedies. I really should write a book. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but um, it's just my, my, I call it my unique voice. It's an uh, icebreaker. Some people feel sorry for you. Some people uh, can be mean. But that doesn't bother me. I've grown into it. It's me. Uh, I'm like a celebrity with some people. I, I don't need an introduction. They know yeah. who I am. Yeah. And it's kind of like Marge Simpson's voice a little bit, too. Yeah. On The Simpsons. And the thing is this, is that none of us are the same. None of us sound the same. We're all instruments. Yeah. Of yeah. whatever, you know, you want to equate it to. But this is me. Well, here's the one thing where I think you messed up, though. If I was you, I'd come up with a much cooler story. Like, you know, I uh, was involved in a fight, a knife fight. <laughs> And somebody, you know, I saved some people from a fire, and then uh, I fought the dude with the knife, and uh, he he stabbed me in my neck, but I lived, and uh, you should see what happened to him, you know, something like that, you know. Uh, just uh, <laughs> you and your daddy with these damn stories. I'm sorry. I'm mom. just saying, if you had something cool happen to you, man, you should turn it into something. You yeah, know, cause, I would tell a different story to every person. Cause, cause he messed me up. Cause he got like a scar on his shoulder. And I think he got it from like falling off the bike. And yeah. I asked him about that. He, very first time he told me he got shot. And I looked at him yeah. like, you got shot. Mm-hmm. I was like, the bullet's still in there. You gotta come up <laughs> and with I, these. And I believed him too. Just like I believe your daddy when he told me and Layla it was a cow in the backyard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Speaking of, uh, the backyard, here's another person that got angry, um, around some equipment. Oh, snap. Police say a fight between neighbors led to a man terrorizing a Seattle suburb on a bulldozer. We're told the suspect took the massive machine and aimed it right at a home, pushing it 50 feet off its foundation (gasps) into another house, running over a pickup truck in the process. A power line was also snapped in half, cutting electricity to homes as far as 20 miles away. Fortunately, no one was injured in this rampage. Are you serious? Mm -hmm. Yep, there's no guess to race on that. Just, uh, just wow. That, that's I, just I, I say Caucasian. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I looked for pictures of him. And I couldn't find one. They have his name in there. I just could not find pictures of the dude. But what's, what's his name? Uh, his name was Barry Allen Swiggle, which sounds pretty white. Yes, pretty white. Yeah, I I say white because. They didn't talk about him being stunned, him being hurt. I mean, you push a house off his foundation mm-hmm. into another house and hit a tractor trailer truck, plus you take down the pole. You have done your due diligence being drunk. Guess the race. <laughs> the Atlanta Journal Constitution says, uh, it's one of the Ten Commandments, but one Cobb County woman may not have realized that thou shalt not steal, but the 23 year old allegedly did. Ashley Chakori Fleming, Ashley Chakori Fleming. Of Powder Springs was caught stealing a Bible from a bookstore, according to an arrest warrant obtained by Atlanta Journal Constitution. Baby, they, you, you, people are giving it to you for free. You go to the right spot now. Right. Uh, Fleming was arrested Friday. I mean, Jehovah Witnesses give them to you. They'll let you stay at home and come bring you a Bible, a little green one. Uh, 
Not know they got, but all the hotels. Yeah, now I don't know what's in it. I mean, it's pretty short for a Bible. I don't know how they got all that in them small little bo- books, but they'll give you one. Fleming was arrested Friday afternoon at the Barnes and Nobles near Cumberland Mall and charged with misdemeanor shoplifting. She said accused did exit the store with the merchandise, passing all the pay counters. Fleming arrest warrant states Fleming was arrested by sheriff's deputies and booked into jail around three thirty. She's being held on a thousand dollars bond. Um, here's the thing, though. I feel like you should be able to steal a Bible. I feel like that's the one book that, that everybody should, should be able to steal. steal because you don't know what's wrong until after you read it. So it's like, <laughs> you know, if that's the book you stole. Just let give them like a month to, to catch up. And then then if they don't bring it back, then you go, OK, see, you didn't even read it. You just stole it. Um, and if they're a real slow reader, then just, you know, it's two months is a long time. So guess the race of uh, Ashley <laughs> Shakori Fleming. African-American. Check the chat room. One who wears a jerry curl in 2013. Oh, my. One who enjoys the fresh feeling of snow between their toes white. God told me to do it black. (laughs) Uh, The correct answer is, wait, one who loves to star on World Star while twerking. One who describes flavors with colors. Like, how does this taste? Uh, Red. Like Kool-Aid. The correct answer is black. Black woman stole that Bible, y'all. Carrie, North Carolina. Investigators say a 61-year-old woman has been charged with murder after strangling her elderly husband at their home in North Carolina. Police said they were called to the home and care around 11 p.m. Wednesday by someone who said 77-year-old Sherrod Empty was unconscious. He died a short time later at the hospital. Authorities weren't releasing any other details about the uh, case. Dottie Empty. Dottie is such an old woman name. Yes. Now, there's no, you know, nobody names a kid's Dottie anymore. Uh, she is being held in the Wake County Jail, and it wasn't known if she had an attorney. Officials in Cary say it's the first homicide in the town southwest of Raleigh in nearly two years. And I always wonder this, what makes you kill your husband at when you're 61 and he's seven? Like, what was it like that you yeah, like, both y'all so I can't take death. I can't take this shit anymore uh, at 61. You done been with him that for what, 40, 50 years by then? Come on. Yeah. Mom, you think you could ever just kill my dad like one of these days? Because, you know, it seemed like it's <laughs> a lot of. You got tired of him? Yeah. Like, is it just like the straw the last that... time I hear your corny ass jokes. Right. Nah, I just walk out the door and keep walking. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go to prison for him. That seemed like the dumbest thing to do. Yeah. Like, I'm going to kill you because you make my life miserable and then go to prison for the rest of my life. Fuck that. I know. Uh, so guess the race of Dottie. Um, uh, what was the last name? Empty. Dottie Empty. Well, his name was Sherrod, right? Sherrod Empty. He's black. All right. Going with black. <laughs> I don't know the race of the husband for the record. Um, the chat room says, guess he discovered Viagra black. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I keep saying that, too. I do feel like Viagra is unfair because everybody's. Supposedly working towards this goal one day where it's like you can chill out. There's no more sex. And then Viagra just brings it back. Now women got to deal with these old saggy balls again. Yeah, and then she look like, look, my stuff is turning off. And yours should too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on now. One who enjoys cottage cheese while watching Matlock. Whiter and colder vanilla ice cream. Slave owner. Uh, and someone changed it and said blacker than Cocoa Pebbles. One who's known to be too mean and too aggressive black. Dottie co-led the Montgomery boycott (laughs) bus boycott sit in black color purple black the correct answer is white what that's right now the key to this is they old of course it's white people named Sherrod in 1932 
Like that was before we had all these uh naming rules, man. So they, <laughs> they, they old people from the south. He probably named after a slave or some shit. Who knows? Um, they have. I just like this video, um, so I'll play some of this. But this is good. People, this is straight people asking the questions, answering the question: When did you choose to be straight? And other questions asked to gay people. It's on uh, on what they grow up finding out. I think it's a choice later in life, but it depends on upbringing. When did you choose to be straight? Um, that's, that's a good call, man. I didn't choose to be. <laughs> uh, so born? <laughs> I don't know if people would choose to be gay, so I think it's a mixture of me possibly of, uh, you know, of nature and nurture, so to speak, you know, and, and where their comfort level was all their life and everything. When did you choose to be straight? When did I choose? I don't. I don't know if it was a choice for me. I just, I just was born that way. <laughs> do you think it's the same for gay people? I, I think so, probably. Yeah, I do. That's not a choice at all, from their perspective. Have you talked to anyone about it? Sure, and they say there's differences in their brains. They're just born that way. If, if they were going to choose a lifestyle, that's not one they would have chosen. It's too difficult. When did you choose to be straight? Um. I don't know. Junior high? Puberty, I guess? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. So you remember <laughs> making a choice? I guess not really. <laughs> Do you think it's the same for gay people? Probably. That they don't really choose. It just kind of happens. I'm not sure if it's necessarily a, a choice, but at the same time, I'm not totally certain that you're born one way or another. I think it has a lot to do with development. Did you decide your sexuality? That's a good point. I don't think I did. You think it's the same for gay people? I don't know. You might have a very good point. It's funny how people can just, all you had to do is just ask them this question. It's like, huh, I'm full of shit. Well, <laughs> I guess I uh, didn't even think about the answer to these questions. Because most straight people aren't asked that question, so yeah. they don't really. It's like having it. your straight privilege thrown back in your face immediately, like, with no time to think about it. It's like, oh, shit, you're right to be gay um i think there are some of both but i think that i think someday they'll discover there's a, there's a genetic predisposition to homosexuality uh, i just wonder if animals choose their sexuality you know uh, i don't think they choose i don't think humans choose born gay absolutely okay. that's my opinion i think it's a bit of both actually uh it was is a couple you can tell they like came out of a restaurant or something together. They was and not prepared for this question. The, the mic was in the dude's face, and the the woman was like, "Born gay, definitely." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the dude looked at her sideways, like, "Uh, well, uh, that that's nice that you decided that." I think uh, that you are, you feel it, or um, you're also, I think, confused, and you're not sure, and so your environment just plays a big big role in that when did you choose to be straight i don't know never thought about that do you think it's the same for gay people probably do you think people are born gay or choose to be gay i would have to say they would choose to be gay when did you choose to be straight <laughs> i never thought about it i really didn't i just who i am who i am do you think it's the same for gay people maybe Maybe that's true. 
Mm-hmm. Wow, and that's amazing when people respond like that. Then when you turn around and ask them about it, their response is like, "Well, never really thought about it like that." It's like, "I am who I am." Well, what makes you think that they don't think the same way that you do? That they are who they are, and this is how it's always been. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're confused. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're lost. It doesn't necessarily mean that they don't understand sex and sexuality. It just happened to be different than than what our society considers the norm. That's yeah, right. That was cool. Um, all right, now the last story of the day that we had to talk about um, is, of course, some sore ratchetness. Okay. <laughs> lord um there's there's a lot of it going around these days and people are scared to talk about it but i'm not and i will not be silenced not by floridians or sword owners <laughs> so here is uh the video right now new information on the standoff in los osos yesterday a woman is recovering right now after her husband allegedly attacked her with a sword and while he sits behind bars neighbors remain in shock central coast news reporter rachel lane on scene in los osos where it all happened. Rachel. Mark, the alleged attack happened in this home you see right behind me. Now, since then, the victim has been released from the hospital. And earlier today, many people stopped by bringing flowers coming into the house in tears. He was like a normal guy. He wasn't like aggressive or anything. Jessica Strange lives on Los Osos Valley Road, the same road as 36-year-old Charles Gunther. The man San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's deputies are calling the suspect of a violent domestic incident. To hear that he did that to her, I was just, I was really surprised and scared. Deputies say Gunther attacked his wife, who has not been identified, inside their home Tuesday afternoon, allegedly with a samurai sword and threatened her with a pistol. After she drove herself to the hospital, she reported what happened. There's cop drove cars, herself to the hospital. Flying around. Yeah, that's gangster. She drove herself to the wow. hospital. Wow. She was like, I will not die today. Mm-hmm. She's like the woman in, in Kill Bill. Yeah, she was going to survive that incident. The bride, Beatrix Keto. Keto. Round. Deputies surrounded the home while Monarch Grove Elementary School was put on lockdown. Gunther eventually came out where he was arrested. Since then, Gunther's wife is back home recovering with slashes all over her body from the attack. It just wow. makes you think of you don't know what's going on in your next door neighbors. You don't know. Gunther has been charged with assault with a deadly weapon and inflicting injury on a spouse and could also face charges of attempted murder, false imprisonment, and making terrorist threats. Oh, my. The family has declined to speak on camera, and San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's deputies say Gunther has no history of domestic violence, and tonight Gunther is in San Luis Obispo County Jail on $750,000 bail. Rachel Lane on... You can look at his face, though, and tell that something's off with him and that he shouldn't be owning no sword. I mean... He got a beard and then this long hair. I mean, dead giveaway. Like he's ah! a team on uh, <clears throat> after on the gladiator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he, he, he watched a few too many sci-fi movies. Um, I, I'm not doing guess the race on that. That's just sort of oh, ratchetness for people's awareness, Karen. I'm sorry, chat room. Um, but uh, look, man, this has been another episode of Blackout Tips, first ever uh mom cast uh. With my mom here, and um, you know, for people that, uh, if anybody asks you about her voice, you tell her, uh, you know about Martin Luther King, you know about James Earl Ray, and what you don't know about is that there was a little girl on that balcony too, and she jumped in front of the bullet to save Martin Luther King, and she was shot in her vocal cords, and Martin Luther King still died, but uh, that girl was a hero.
and they said she would never talk again and she was able to prove everybody wrong and start talking again so that's how she lost her voice and y'all go tell everybody that uh that my mom was a hero and uh tried to save martin luther king jr's life and i have another one for y'all next week um so thank you for coming on the show mom thanks for having me i enjoyed it cool yeah we enjoy having you and we definitely gotta have you back we do um and uh don't forget, guys, theblackoutist.com. Go to shadowdogproductions.com. Also, buy stuff. It helps us out uh, tremendously when you do that. It only costs a couple of dollars. Um, don't forget to donate to the show, recurring donations. And um, this week, man, uh, is going to be the first time we launch our premium content for people to like yes. uh, listen to. We've recorded a bunch of episodes over the past couple of weeks and stuff. Oh, so. Y'all. We'll be dropping with, you yeah, know, I'm all so kinds of spoiled movie reviews. Karen's, um, Woo-hoo! I got a show. Karen's Lip Smacking Good show is, uh, is go ahead and, uh, debuting. I have a sports show now. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, my first guests were actually Justin and, uh, Trill for you guys that remember filling the lanes. Yeah. And Justin's um, getting his own spinoff show. Yeah. Justin's getting his own spinoff show, uh, Bad Advice with Justin. And we're going to have him. Giving you guys advice, you just write it to theblackouttips.com and, and we'll figure it out. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't wait to announce all that and post all those episodes and get this thing started. Uh, and hopefully people will be on board with it and, um, we can use that to subsidize our income. We can keep doing this forever. So, uh, this is step one. So thank you guys, uh, for supporting us and I can't wait till, uh, you guys hear some of these, uh, spinoff shows and get your thoughts and see what you guys think about it. Um, and uh, I guess that's about it for now. So we'll, tomorrow's guest is Chris Lambert, uh, comedian extraordinaire. The show will be at 9 p.m. tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, Tuesday, of course, is Patrice. And uh, Wednesday is John Minus, man. So we, we got a lot of uh, stuff going on here. Um, glad you guys are digging the show in a new format. And uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow. So until then, I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. <laughs>